Hello and welcome to this week's journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Madalina Chobano. Today we're speaking to Steve Wilson Beals, head of editorial for Global, the media and entertainment group that reaches about 25 million people in the UK every month. It has eight radio brands, including LBC and Capital FM, as well as two digital-only brands for young people, Pop Buzz and With Unicorns. Steve will give us some insights into LBC's strategy for producing and sharing audio and radio on social platforms. He will also tell us what LBC has learned about audio shareability from a period of experimentation earlier this year, and why people listen to and engage with LBC on Facebook. Part of Global and LBC's strategy is to optimize its radio content for digital platforms through audio, text and images, which often take the shape of short videos for social or live streams. In September 2016, the LBC website was revamped in recognition of the fact that the media and political landscapes had changed, and also to better serve the 80% of the audience who was now accessing it on mobile, through search directly or from social. In March, LBC reached 126 million people across Facebook and Twitter and gathered 18 million video views on social media. So what is it that draws people to it, especially on a platform where we tend to scroll through our feeds and watch videos with the sound turned off? As LBC, we're always talking about the issues that really matter. Like other news organizations, we're all about ultimately holding those to account. And we hope that each day we are being informative and entertaining. And time and time again, our audiences, you know, they really feel that they have a a personal connection with our presenters. So obviously our presenters include the likes of James O'Brien and and Nick Ferrari, Majid Nawaz, Sheila Fogarty, Ian Dell, Ian Collins, Clive Ball, etc., So quite often when we're talking to audiences, they may only listen to certain types of presenters, depending on on how they're accessing us. But quite often we'll have people listening to us throughout the day or even on social media. They'll be consuming more than one video or if they're coming to our site, they'll be experiencing more than one presenter. And that's obviously as an objective for us. We want them to experience as much as LBC as possible. So that means when they come to us, either through social media or they come to our site, that we're always highlighting what's happening in other shows, the other topics, the other conversations, etc. And always that it can be part of that. We really rely on those callers jumping on board, being part of the argument. And quite often we can have these as a consequence of that, apart from creating a great radio experience, we can create these real viral moments. It's my team's expertise of being able to turn that moment that maybe if we served it up as a video moment, may get maybe 2,000 streams, turning that into something that could get 7 million streams on, on social media. LBC produces about 168 hours of audio content on a weekly basis across its shows, but only 0.5% of that makes it onto social media. It's up to the team to pick and package the moments that make people on Facebook not only listen, but also share and comment. Let's say there's a three-hour show. Uh, we'll probably look at clipping maybe two or three moments from that. That could be anything from a minute to five minutes during that show. So quite often we're doing that in real time. We have a feed from the radio stations coming through and then we can clip the moments that we think are going to be significant. We may serve that up immediately on social or we might reserve it. We're quite sensitive to overwhelming our audiences across our digital platforms. And if we were to flood them with 10 clips 
an hour, we know that audiences are not going to respond to that, primarily because of serving them too many clips, but also because it's similar images of someone sat in the same clothes, in the same position, in a seat in the studio. So those clips are going to start to look quite similar. So we, we really do put a limit on those clips and try to identify the best clips that pull through. Now, that often means that it's down to the team to be able to identify that headline and the abstract in the moment and to get that on social media. But there may be moments that, that we might want to, to hold back after the show at a peak viewing time. There may have been clips that audiences may have seen James O'Brien holding his hands, almost in despair, responding to a caller that may have phoned in around which EU laws would they like to veto. And a clip like that served up on social media, but driving people back to our website to watch the clip itself drove something in the region of 600,000 streams. So it's important for us to, yes, serve Facebook by serving them a variety of different content in the space for audiences. A lot of that would be video content, but also it's important to us to drive audiences back into our own ecosystem so that we can obviously monetize that as well. Here's one such clip that Steve mentioned from a few months ago of James O'Brien talking about Home Secretary Amber Rudd's Tory conference speech. I want to read you something from a uh from Amber Rudd's speech yesterday. For the state must draw a sharp line of distinction between those who, as members of the nation, are the foundation and support of its existence and greatness, and those who are domiciled in the state simply as earners of their livelihood there. Very important that firms declare how much of their workforce is foreign, because they're just domiciled in this state simply as earners of their livelihood there. They're not members of the nation. They're not members of the foundation and the support of the nation's existence and greatness. You have to have a sharp line of distinction between those who are members of the nation and those who are just domiciled here as earners of their livelihoods. No, that wasn't Amber Rudd's speech yesterday. I'm really sorry. That's from Mein Kampf by Adolf Hitler. A sharp line of distinction between those who, as members of the nation, are the foundation and support of its existence, and those who are domiciled in the state simply as earners of their livelihood here. Do you recognise that need for a sharp distinction? Do you feel it? Do you, do you, do you applaud that today? Do you cheer it? Because you've heard some meaningless anecdote about a plasterer whose wages have gone up by roughly the same percentage over the last 10 or 15 years that almost everybody else in the British workforce has. You see the need for that sharp line of distinction? You going to swallow that today? A sharp line of distinction between those who are the foundation and support of the nation's existence and greatness and those, like almost everybody I've encountered so far today, who are just domiciled in the state simply as earners of their livelihood here. What do you think will come next? If you're going to have a sharp line of distinction between people born here and people who just work here, you're enacting Chapter 2 of Mein Camp. Strange times. LBC did some audience research in February asking people of ages 18 and over what political content they were consuming and what their opinions were when it came to Brexit. Regardless of their views and age, people said they appreciate the wide range of voices and opinions featured on LBC and that they keep coming back because they trust it. I think that in a post-truth environment, people want to hear and they are coming to talk radio because we live in complex times and people want to hear views 
straight from the horse's mouth, as it were. And they really do connect with the presenters and the callers that we have on the show because it feels unscripted, authentic. I mean, let's be honest, our presenters are there to basically challenge sound bites. So if a politician thinks they can just come in and just quote one or two lines, then our presenters are going to dig deeper into that. And the same with callers. If callers are coming in, either Remainers or Brexiteers, and they're quoting the same kind of messages, then again, our presenters are going to dig deeper into that. And it's that kind of analysis and authenticity that our audiences are connecting to across whatever age group, but also in our demographic, we see ourselves as 50-50, male, female. We're there for everyone through the times that we have at the moment. So we kind of refer to ourselves as the antidote to the filter bubble, primarily because we do see ourselves as a platform, like I say, with a variety of different views on it, and people can come in and hear different views to themselves, and then they have the opportunity to get involved and take our presenters to task if they disagree with what they say. For one month in January, the LBC team went back to the drawing board to experiment with video other than on-demand clips and live streams from the studio, which they had already been producing. The new formats they tried included presenter-led videos on a news topic, which had the presenter facing the camera in the green screen room to discuss a point, videos with or without a presenter showing both sides of an argument, as well as explainers and videos about evergreen topics, such as road safety or education. Here's Steve explaining the advantages of having a short but focused period of experimentation. We learned a lot through that, basically being that it was really, really interesting to have a fixed period for a team on experimentation and ultimately being data-driven is absolutely core to any experiment project. There's also an element around keeping things simple. Quite often at the beginning of the process, our videos were quite complex, either in the argument that they were delivering, but we learned that to maintain audience retention is really strip everything back and keep things down to their simplest form. Shareability was also a big part of that. So quite often, yes, we all know that we need to start videos and they need to make a point and captivate you ultimately within the first three, if not the first frame, the first three or five seconds. But quite often when we're looking at, okay, why would someone share that video? We'd often look at what the end point was. Why would you not share this video? That was more our line. So the end of the video became as important as the beginning. And that's particularly important around the videos that we share from the studio on a daily basis. If we're taking a two minute clip from a presenter in a studio, it's very important to captivate you at the beginning, but also we don't want for it to phase out after a couple minutes. We want it to end on a bang and not a whimper. So it makes you feel compelled again to share that. So shareability is absolutely fundamental to what we do in video. It also helped the team understand what worked and prioritize resources going forward in the run-up to the upcoming general election on June 8th. The other point to raise is, you know, video is really hard. It requires a lot of resource to create something truly original that can cut through. And that's often really hard if you're working in a newsroom environment when you have the pressure of reacting to, to live events. And if you don't constantly review what it is that you're doing, you can end up being trapped in a cycle of creating video, which is fairly similar to your competitors. So you need to be brave enough to hit the stop button and go, right, this is not 
working. The quality of what we're doing is fantastic. But compared to what you see every day in, in Facebook and across social media, it, it doesn't cut through enough. So let's try something different. And that's all going to be entirely down to how close you are to the data and, and moving things from there. So basically for us, we learned also that to get that cut through, obviously it's down to the opinion. Again and again, we found that the videos that performed really well were those that, that had very strong opinions in them. So our journey in that month took us from trying a lot of wild ideas back almost to the beginning to understand actually, you know, at the heart of this, what people want to hear and what they want to share and what they want to react to and engage with is opinion, which is at the heart of what we do at LBC. So it was useful to go through that entire journey to learn what formats not to do again, but it would help us in the future to optimize our videos going forward. So that's what we're now focused on going ahead as we approach the elections on June the 8th is around how are we going to be there in your feeds with you, with our videos, uh, with our presenters and on the topics that, that you really feel are important. That's it for this week's episode. If you're interested in finding out more about LBC and other organizations' audio strategies on social, we'll be talking about it at length at our upcoming News Rewired conference on July 19th in London. Tickets are available on www.newsrewired.com. Thanks for listening to this week's journalism.co.uk podcast. Music.